by Kaiju Network's commentary on Daimajin Strikes Back, the third and final film in the Daimajin trilogy. I'm your co-host, Kenton, with me is your other co-host. Jason, what's going on, everyone? So finally, after quite a while, we're going to finish out the Daimajin trilogy from a commentary standpoint. We had originally started this uh, commentary trilogy, gosh, what was it, like September or something like that. It was kind of in the latter half of last year. Maybe, and yeah. um, for whatever reason, we never finished it. And a couple of weeks ago, we did The Return of Daimajin. And yep. now we're here to wrap it up. So, yeah. Um, before we continue, is there any housekeeping, Jason, that we have to do? Well, just basically just let everyone know to uh, like and subscribe to our social media channels as well. You can see down below there, you can watch us on YouTube, Twitch, uh, DLive, Periscope. And uh, you can also uh, like and subscribe to our audio podcast over at uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and uh, tune in. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and you can also watch us live as well on our uh, own website. And you can also listen to some of our uh, past episodes as well, including our current episodes, audio version at uh, daikaijunetwork.com. All right. So here we are third and final Daimajin film. Um, anybody who has uh, listened to our uh, discussion of these movies back almost eight years ago now at this point will know, and by the way, you can catch all those in our archives at daikaijunetwork.com. Um, people will find, or if you were listening to us back then, know that I was not a fan of this third one. And a lot of it was because of the kids. In oh, fact, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it was very much a running joke for me where I always made fun of the, the kid that died. <laughs> and, and so um, that was kind of my morbid thing going on for quite some time. Uh, but I have to say, though um, – uh, this film, I, I've warmed up to it in, in recent years. Uh, I've gotten more used to the dub, and, and it is a good dub. It's by no means the worst. It, it's, it's a good enough dub. And the film itself is one that I have found to be a little bit more charming as time has passed. So um, looking forward to revisiting this one. And so, Jason, if you have nothing else to say, I need to pop open my Blu-ray player and get this disc loaded because – these Daimajin Blu-rays, if you don't own them, these things, once you pop them in, if you don't do anything after a minute or two, they start by themselves. So that's why I have well, nothing queued up on my Blu-ray player. And, and I had my uh, Blu-ray player open for a while. And just before we started doing the uh, the episode here, <laughs> for some strange reason, it decided to close up the, uh, the tray on its own. And then just, I think it completely turned off the player and just started well, then, to do it like play like an app on my uh, TV here. Well, and then Jason a couple times kept going. Yeah, I was like, what the hell is this noise? I never really heard of it. And it was like, oh, it was, it was probably my uh, Blu ray player, you know, closing up the tray and then just automatically turn off after uh, a certain while when I had the, uh, the tray open and not having. <laughs> the thing going. 
All right. Well, I'm going to open up my Blu-ray here and get the disc loaded. Yeah. And uh, right now, just sort of waiting on your end here. And while you're... Uh, well, I can't probably do anything right now here for the time being. But, uh, yeah, I'll just wait on Kent for him to be ready so then I can get my <laughs> Blu-ray uh, tray in here. Boy, it's... Uh, just hope it doesn't uh, do it again here. All right, so getting FBI loaded up here. Oh, you're... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm not starting the thing. It's just loading the disc here. All right. So I'm just sort of waiting oh, on your part. Why is that so fucking loud? The- <laughs> <laughs> Some naughty words came out. <laughs> yeah. What else okay. is new? So um, if you have the Blu-ray, what we're going to do is what we did a couple weeks ago. You go into the chapters part and then queue up chapter one. Um, So, yeah, so that's what we're going to do this time. So without any further ado, Jason, uh, unless there's something else you need to add, I'm, I'm ready to go. All right. Well, let me add my disc in. (laughs) Ah, poop. Uh, Whoa there. What the heck's going (laughs) on here? (laughs) At times, Whenever I use my remote for this TV here, sometimes it acts a little strangely. All right, so. Thank you. Uh, maybe. Okay, so. Getting that. No, I don't want to resume. All right, here. All right, getting that FBI <laughs> thing Bob as well. By the way, have you watched any of the bonus stuff on here? I have not. Neither have I, which yet. is strange. I know there were at times I thought about it. Okay, so go to chapters, and now I've got it highlighted to one here. All right. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go three, two, one, go. And then when I say go, that's when we hit OK on our remotes. And again, that's for people who don't normally, you know, get on here. So here we go. You ready? Yep. All right. Here we go. Three, two, one, go. All right. So let's put ourselves on the commentary cam. And once again, Akiri Fukube scoring all three films. And all three films produced and distributed in 1966. I will say I do like the title card to this one more. Oh, do you? Let's see here. There we go. Not sure why that got offset. Sort of a similar beginning to 
Mothra versus Godzilla, in which we got a big storm going on. But at least this time you get to see a little bit of Daimajin at the very beginning, which is a bit we unusual. Know, yeah, I was going to say, like, do we know why this happens? Because typically Majin has to be summoned uh, and and all that. And yeah, I have no idea. Machine angry, angry. <laughs> Me angry. <laughs> he stomps, and then a torrent of water shows up. I do like a lot of the effect sequences we're seeing here. This is really cool. It's a wonderful mix of uh, miniature and practical effects with uh, the on-set effects mm -hmm. work. It's it's done very well. Yeah. It's not, I would say, something along the lines of not like this whole glamorous sort of get-go that they always had in the previous two movies, whereas this one just shows everyone just uh, having this miserable thing that's going on with them where it's raining a lot. And then it seems like weather changes constantly or in an instant that we're seeing here where it just dries up the environment here that we've seen. And then we get to see Daimajin's arms once again. Then environment just really drastically changing here. I hope we get an explanation. I've seen this movie a few times, but I don't recall whether or not it's explained what happened here. Mm -hmm. And for quite a long time, these movies were released under VHS and ADV released the first two films uh, at one point. But for whatever reason, the third film was always very difficult to find. Oh. Uh oh, I think oh, well. I, I think I don't have the subtitles going here. Well, that voiceover really did nothing. Be the work of Magine. No shit, we we saw him. No thanks to you, narrator. That is uh, the the most entertaining opening of this entire trilogy. I will say that. Uh-oh. Crap. <laughs> What'd you do? Uh, I was trying to get the subtitles going because for some reason it wasn't doing it, and now it started the movie all over again for me. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a timestamp when you're ready. Okay, give me a moment.
Okay, what's the timestamp here? Uh, right now, 504, 505, 506, 507. Like, Whoa. <laughs> Settle down here. I didn't here. pause it. I'm not going to pause oh. it, though. I'm just letting you know, kind of. So you well, I'm, at, uh, I'm at six minutes right now. Well, I'm at 521, <laughs> so don't get too <laughs> far ahead. Did you pause? Uh, now I did. It's at 611. Okay, I'll let you know when I'm there. And uh, do the countdown here. 611, you said? Yep. I'm not sure why the subtitles didn't go right away when it, was, when it had the original audio like it did with the previous film. I don't know. I'll say go when I hit 611. All right. About 11 more seconds here. Go. Ah, poop. Come on. There we go. <laughs> it just wasn't going right away for me there. You got a weird Blu-ray player. <laughs> well, it's the uh, the 4K Blu-ray player. It's a little worse for wear. It's like his face is really tan, but then his mouth there it just seems really <laughs> light compared to the rest of his face. Okay, reconnection successful. That's weird. I want to go on YouTube here. Uh, oh. Switch. What the heck? Are we going to have to redo it? <laughs> I'm not sure. Well, if we are, at least we're not too far in. <laughs> I'm not sure. Can you imagine, like, we're in the last five minutes and then this okay. does it? <laughs> we're good because I hurt myself. Yeah, sorry about that, people. For some reason... <laughs> OBS yeah. sort of uh, OBS is a POS. <laughs> yeah, sort of for some reason it just sort of disconnected. There, I got a pop up on my computer. It disconnected. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> hey, what's your timestamp here? All right, so boy, everything is just going a bit weird. I know here. we're having a wonderful old time over here. <laughs> okay, so my ah, darn it. Okay, so my timestamp is at 11.24. What in the world? How are you four minutes ahead? I don't know. What the hell? Uh, let me, let me I'm try at, to go. I'm at 7.54. Okay. Um, <laughs> what? Oh, oh I see here. This is wonderful. You... You said uh, 7.54, right? That's where I'm at. Okay. I think the way I was pressing up, it was taking me aback. Or forward, I should say. 
Uh. Okay, so five fifteen. <laughs> Sorry, folks. Oh, <laughs> ah, darn it! Not eleven. <laughs> Redo this. Uh, here, give me a second. It's going to take a bit. <laughs> um, boy, at times I hate, hate this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I know Jason's ready to go, motherfucker! Just Come on. I'm just going to let it go because I'm just right at the 703 mark here. And then pause when you get to 754. Do we just want to redo this? No. Everybody else is going to pause and like redo their. <laughs> this is going to be a wonderful commentary no. for all you guys because you guys are going to be like, wait a minute, what the hell did we do? It's just like, you know what? Do what you want. If you want to come back to 754 when we say go here in just a moment, <laughs> that would be ideal if you're wanting to follow along with us. We can't follow along with you because we don't know where the hell you guys are at. But <laughs> well, well, you said 754, so that's probably where they're going to be right at this point here. <laughs> That's right. You gotta do what what we're doing. You're listening to us, not the other way around. <laughs> okay. Go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so I didn't, unless I missed it, I didn't hear much as far as why those events happened. I heard Lord Arakawa, but. I'm thinking, what did that have to do with the destruction from Majin that we saw? Well, as I was going to say before, we got caught off for some strange reason that uh, this dude that was laying in the bed there, that uh, one of the ways that uh, I think it was to deal with all this was to go to the Majin Mountain where no one hasn't gone to before with all their reactions and everything and I it seemed with this one that uh, I'm probably some sort of curse or some something well, yeah but the thing is is that it almost looked as if these people that we saw at the beginning of the movie lived in that mountain the only other thing I could think up of and like I said unless I miss something is that if that was Lord Arikawa's territory, did Majin come out and just do revenge on the people simply because they're under his rule and they're just going to have to suffer the consequences? It's the only thing I can think of. Because, like I said, otherwise, unless I miss something, I didn't get really an explanation. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Let me check something. See if, <laughs> see if we get anything. 
a potential strike one against the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Those rice balls do look darn good every time I, I see these in the movie I'm just like I wonder what those taste like mm. they gotta be sweet because I think that's the only way you can st- put them together it's like a sticky rice because they put a little bit of sugar well no they... no all it is is sticky rice obviously and then they I think do a little bit of salt and then of course Ugh. you have that uh, seed weed uh, well, wrap. the seaweed, I think, is yeah, is just to keep them. Or the the nori, sort of give it that flavor along with the a little bit of the salt too. Oh, this, everything is ruined with salt. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's pretty good. I'd rather it. have stuff that's sweet. Well, I ain't much of a sweet dude. I will say, though, that this one definitely gears more towards the kids because obviously you look at it here, our main protagonists are children, whereas the previous two were more adult-oriented. With that being said, though, this movie still is almost as violent as the last two. Mm -hmm. Where with this film also being made with uh, by Dai the people behind the gamer movies it sort of coincided it seems like that the first two films with gamer were adult oriented although the first one sort of had that uh kids vibe but not so much it was it was a tad there yeah yeah whereas Dimogen, their the first two movies were also adult oriented and then now it seems like that they were trying to get some of the kids involved yeah and you know trying just going through my mind obviously we'll, we'll find out more about it as we go through the film this movie still has some violence in it no doubt but i think when i when i really think about it i think it's a, a, a tad more tame compared to the other two because in the last couple um you had more slicing and impalings here i don't think we really see much if any of that except for people just getting beat by the soldiers and stuff when they're right yeah (laughs) and i think the the worst sort of death if i remember correctly is spoiler alert lord arikawa gets thrown into the the sulfur pit there at the end Mm -hmm. i think that's the worst of it as far as i can remember because it's been a because it's been a long time since i've last watched this movie too the last time i saw it it was last spring or summer it was uh within the first couple of months or so after the pandemic started and my son of course was home and so just kind of one of the things he and i did for quite a while there was every other night we watched a kaiju film and these were all films that he hadn't seen before and we eventually got through the daimajin trilogy Mm -hmm. yeah the last Last time I remember watching this, I think it was when we talked about the film. Oh my god, eight years? Are you talking about eight years? I think so, (laughs) yeah. Unless if there was a day that I watched it a few years ago, but just can't remember it. Excuse 
excuse you. <laughs> the one guy in the middle there kind of looks like uh, Mifune. Kind of, yeah. Beautiful landscapes. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm going to fall off the edge here. <laughs> Don't fall! Don't get too close. Oh! <laughs> It'd be nice to know where some of those locations were so you can actually go to them, see how they look like today. <laughs> Probably less green. <laughs> uh don't be so sure of that. I'm getting a little vibe from a different film. A film that kind of goes dun 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 <laughs> Funny you say that because I was uh, watching the uh, the uh, the what happened to Jurassic Park 4. Uh they were talking about the backstory of Jurassic Park, like all the first three movies and then what happened in between uh, the so many years leading up to uh, Jurassic World. It's like a lot in of the interesting. the story universe or, or like actual behind the scenes? Actual behind the scenes. Okay. But yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty interesting with all that humano- yeah, like the humanoid dinosaur yeah. <laughs> I, I remember stuff. hearing something about that like in 2008 2009 somewhere in there where they were thinking about that I'm so glad they didn't do that <laughs> yeah I think a lot of people were too <laughs> if you want to do that make it you know in a different movie universe or, or what just don't do it in the Jurassic Park franchise <laughs> Yeah, and the one guy was saying, like, just think about the way how the first one started out, just simple, you know, everything dinosaurs, and then take a look at this, <laughs> what they were thinking about leading up to. It's, I mean, it's probably one of those deals where you just throw ideas out there and just see what sticks. But yeah, I remember at one point they were definitely considering that. It's just like, no, it's one thing to have someone just, just to have an idea and you work from that. It's another thing to where you're like, yeah, that actually sounds really cool. And here we go on a tangent again. But (laughs) it's, it's, we got crazy old lady here who I think eventually ends up disappearing within mere seconds after the kids leave here. But going back to Jurassic Park for a second, <laughs> I'm surprised that by part three, at least, they didn't do the whole working park um, thing. And and the fact that with part four, they were going to potentially do humanoid dinosaurs, you know, Millions of other Jurassic Park fans were always saying is that, isn't it obvious what direction you should go for? You've never had an operational park in any of these films. Why not try that and let chaos ensue? It's an obvious idea. Mm-hmm. And they're like, uh, you know, let's do some Spider-Man lizard type, you know, people here. And it's just like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then they also uh, talked a little bit behind the scenes of – uh, Jurassic Park 3 and that was pretty interesting 
in and of itself too where basically like that whole that whole thing it was sort of a mess from the very beginning simply because that they had this one script and then they built all these sets but then I think a few weeks beforehand they threw out that entire script and then they had to bring on the writer to you know work on it for the for the next four weeks before uh before the uh, filming or shooting began and even still just when they were doing the principal uh, photography for that film it still sort of was a mess well yeah i kind of heard rumors of that too that's why joe johnson was brought in because you know like I think even the the Wolfman movie from 2010, I think was un, I, I don't think it was as anywhere near as chaotic as JP3, but it was heading towards a similar situation. And I guess he's one that just kind of rein in stuff and mm-hmm. get just on track. I mean, a lot of people dislike JP3, although it seems more popular now to diss on Lost World. Um, I still think JP3 is the weakest, but there are some things about it that I do like. Mm-hmm. But anyway, but anyway, let's back to Daimashi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he may not follow us. And don't be a whiner. Well, man, I mean, if you guys ever start a fret, you got an easy initiation. (laughs) You won't cry and you won't whine? Yes. All right. (laughs) You're in. (laughs) Although, what's it, Sugibo? No, it's not Sugibo. Um, They just call him Little Sugibo right here. (laughs) Um, The the one who said, okay, you can come in, uh, he's not going to be around long enough to start a fret anyways. (laughs) If you catch my drift. <laughs> he looks like he just got off the love seat and uh, got done watching a little Young and the Restless with a bag of potato <laughs> chips. Like, I feel refreshed. I've had my stories. The dubbing for this is good. I mean, you can tell it's a newer dub because the audio is so clear and louder than what you get in the previous two films and any other films that were produced around this time. Yeah. But at the same time, it re- it sort of reminds me that the dubbers were trying on some level to kind of um, – what I'm looking for – sort of um, – Why do I keep forgetting words on this podcast when I need them? Uh, Trying to summon the uh, inner spirits of past dubbers, you know, to try to match up some of their performances with this. Well, and I think if I heard or read correctly that the third one, I think, got the dubbing by uh, Mill Creek Entertainment itself. It was, yes. Yeah. Because this film had never really, yeah, excuse it, me, been released it was, here before. It was never released, yeah, in the U.S. compared to the other two. 
which is weird, but maybe the, they were like, it's children. No one's going to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> but again, I, like I said, you know, when I first watched, started watching this trilogy uh, over eight years ago, I, I was not really a fan of this third one initially. Um, but well, again, both, just, both you and I, we weren't that much of a fan simply because it, I think, <coughs> excuse me, that uh, it never, oh man, I got something in my throat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, uh, it sort of veered off from the first two films that what the two films were portraying Dimogen as. And well, then having like sort of being focused around the adult uh, characters and all that. Whereas this one, it was mainly focusing on these four boys. Yeah, that was, I remember the reason, and I stated here at the top of the podcast. Uh, really the main reason why I didn't like this uh, eight years ago mainly was because of the kids. I wasn't too keen on them. But then, too, another reason that I had at the time as well was that I thought there was just too much of these boys in their journeys. I never thought there was a whole lot of interesting stuff that took place mm -hmm. from the moment they left until, you know, Majin shows up near the end. Um after repeated viewings and time, I've come to realize there's some exciting things here. Um, there's still a few parts where they try to make make it exhilarating, but it doesn't really work as well mm -hmm. as they probably would have hoped. But one of the things I've come to appreciate is, in fact, the children. I've grown to like the kids as <clears throat> over repeated viewings here. And... I've grown more to enjoy the cinematography as well. This is probably the the best looking Majin film in terms of its scenery uh, out of the entire trilogy, in my opinion. And then, and then, with it being a long time viewing for me, that at the very beginning I sort of forgot that, like the whole uh, environment destruction that they had and it seemed oh, yeah. that it was more like the story seemed to be more well in depth compared to the other two in a way yeah by and large we're still the main theme of the story is the same as the previous two in which you have this lord of an area in feudal Japan that is an asshole and <laughs> good good way to you put know, it. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it in a very poetic way. Like I said, for whatever reason, every time I get on this podcast, I tend to lose my vocabulary, but, um, but you know, the good guys try to stop him or free themselves. And then in the end, it, it's up to Majin to save the day. The difference between this one and the previous two is it's children. And it is sort of this, it, it's a, it's, 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 it's like an adventure. man's hero's journey. Yeah. That, it's more 
adventurous compared to the other two films. It's more of an adventure type film, yeah. Heroes type of journey. Um, but again, a poor man's one because these these boys are not fleshed out all that well. It's more or less about them making the journey and just surviving some of the, the wildernesses. Um, yes, God, I wouldn't wish my vocabulary would stick around every time I do one of these. Um, hey, can't hey, yeah. hey, get good. <laughs> <laughs> but I do like the scenery. Oh yeah, the, it's it is a gorgeous film, and Where, I like whereas, the snow at the end too. Whereas I think in the first two films, they it felt like that they weren't really on location type of films. It was more set in the studio whereas this one it felt uh, yeah. it felt more on location yeah this one definitely is more expansive in in its shooting locations i would say mhm but then again there's nothing wrong with the first two i mean the, the compliments you can give to that is great set design mhm and there he is you know but also what other film that this film sort of reminds me it reminds me a little bit of uh, Lord of the Rings (laughs) I I think (laughs) these kids are like the Hobbit (laughs) (laughs) I really enjoy that uh, trilogy more than I would say Star Wars don't even get me started. <laughs> even though we practically grew up watching those movies. They the were, original I think ones. I think they're fun if you're a kid, but a lot of those stories, minus a couple of films, I don't think hold up. And I mean, they're kind of fun. Um, but as I've gotten older, I've moved more to star trek and especially the original series and the reason why that is is because um star trek is not only incredible science fiction but it reminds me a lot of twilight zone the classic where it's about social commentary at the time it's not about necessarily like you know Jedi and just people with lightsabers and guns shooting at each other. It's it's more about you know talking about things like um, race and um, all sorts of other stuff. I mean, I, I think it's um, a more sophisticated show. the The newer Star Trek stuff, I'm not much of a fan of, but the the original series, I do. I do like that the uh, trilogy, the newest J.J. Abrams trilogy. I think those are pretty fun films. But um, as first, far as a show, first the one was is, the uh, the first Abrams movie was pretty good. The second one was okay. Third one, yeah. And I'm not sure if they were. Plan on doing a fourth one or whatever, but anywho, (laughs) (laughs) 
load up on carbs, kids. <clears throat> or are they eat bread? No, that's the uh, that's rice balls. Yeah, that's the rice balls. Must be fall, the beautiful fall colors there. Good looking film. Oh, yeah. <laughs> More child murders. Bunch of, bunch of dipshits. Yeah. <laughs> but as I said earlier that I really like how this film was more on location, where you get more of the natural uh, beauty of everything. Where I think it makes the film look better compared to the other two. It does, yeah. But you still get... It's, and it also feels really well when it transitions into uh, some of the in-studio locations. Which like I'm, guessing, <laughs> I'm guessing is this one here where everything oh, it's just definitely and sad yeah it still looks pretty damn good i wouldn't be shocked if some of that was superimposed there like the the stream below mm -hmm. if that is true that's a hell of a job yeah or actually still part of the set <laughs> Go ahead, go ahead, young one. Step on that. Oh, there he goes. Now we're rid of him. You're going to be our guinea pig. <laughs> Good mom. Pa always said he was an accident. These kids would be awful as spies. They're letting their <laughs> location be known like every step of the way. <laughs> well, they don't know any better. Yeah. Funny if he steps on that again, <laughs> tree breaks again. <laughs> That'd be funny. Like he falls, then they chop down another tree, then another one of them steps on it. He falls, then they chop down another tree, <laughs> and the next one steps on it. He falls, then the sole survivor is like, "Well, <laughs> let's just try it." He chops down a tree, puts it down, steps on it. The end. Roll credits. <laughs> <laughs> tell you not to look down fool come on the tree's dirty enough it'd be funny if Kong came around the corner picked it up and started rolling the <laughs> the tree oh. 
And then he just walks normally. Come on. <laughs> I know. That's that's a tad, you know. <laughs> I feel like the, the drama for that sequence was a little bit forced. It was played out a tad longer than it should have been. I understand what they're doing, um, but yeah, it was just played out, I think, a couple minutes longer. This right here, to me, is more dramatic because, to me, they seem to be more in danger. And after them, you know, they got guns and crap, so... Mm -hmm. Initially, when I first saw this movie, I'm like, holy shit, are we nearing the end? Like, this seems to be the shortest film. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see if it is. It's the longest one, because this is about an hour and a half. The other two are like an hour ten or something like that. Let's see here. But yeah, this is the longest one. Yeah, by two minutes. Yeah, because the first first movie was the shortest at seventy three. Uh, second one was at seventy seven, and this one seventy nine. It can't be right because this is an hour twenty seven. That's eighty seven minutes. Well, that's what it's saying here. Seventy nine. Wonder if they made a typo. That has to be a typo, because you do the timestamp, it says an hour 27. Yeah, because, was it 79? Yeah, that's that's an hour 19. Mm-hmm. Damn it, Mill Creek. <laughs> First, you're, you're, you, you can't tell time, then you can't put up appropriate subtitles for an Ultraman set. <laughs> I'm kidding, Mill Creek. Anybody listening to this, we do appreciate you releasing this stuff. I'm still going to buy your stuff. <laughs> but we do have to give you crap for some of this stuff. I will say on some level, um, this particular 
entry pulls at the heartstrings a little bit because, you know, I'm a dad <laughs> and I got a boy, you know, so this is sort of a, a father son type of deal. It, it's it's nothing fancy. It's nothing deep or anything, but it kind of pulls at the heartstrings a little bit. And part of that is Ifukube's score. You know, Ifukube tends to kind of pack some some extra wazoo there in certain scenes. And uh, yeah, um, to um that most recent scene we just saw with the kids when they were sharing that cake um like we were just talking about as they were trying to cross that stream we thought that stream scene played on just a tad longer than it should have i thought that scene as well where they're sharing the cake i understand why they did it they were trying to show that these boys are friends and that you know they, they, they are taking good care of each other. They're doing what people in general should be doing, which is be kind to one another. But it's still – that too played on a tad longer than it should have as well. And I think that is uh, part of this film's shortcoming is that it plays certain things out longer than it really needs to. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, boy, cake. Let's sing happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. <laughs> or do the uh, frosty snowman. Happy birthday. <laughs> I'm sorry. He tripped up. What a putz. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just I saw that to be funny. <laughs> I know it was planned and all that, but still. <laughs> funny if there was manure in that wagon. <laughs> manure! I hate manure! Portuguese must have already arrived in Japan because they got pistols now. No, uh, no, they just made them on their own. It's not true. History says so otherwise. <laughs> oh no, the ketchup packet exploded. <laughs> he was saving that for later. <laughs> Son of a bitch, that was my only ketchup packet. <laughs> I heard about the guy who survived on taco sauce packets from Taco Bell. I was hoping to do the same with Heinz ketchup. (laughs) Maybe Um, we can get Heinz to support the show. (laughs) Heinz ketchup. It's good on burgers and all sorts of fancy stuff. (laughs) Like, oh, man, we lost a bat. (laughs) DraftKings sucks. (laughs) Maybe we should have gone with FanDuel instead. Oh, shots fired. (laughs) 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 DraftKings is like... That's it. (laughs) I mean, I'm not, I'm not really so sure which one is better. So, (laughs) I don't care. I don't do that stuff anyway. (laughs) I don't either.
Did he say Daisaku is slow? <laughs> Maybe. I, I hope he didn't. I didn't, I didn't quite catch. He either said Daisaku is slow or he's small. I, I, that's, I thought those were one of the two things he may have said. This is gruesome and pretty sad here, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. One of the boys is going to lose his dad. Dad's is going to lose his boy. You know, that Lord spends a lot of time at that sulfur pit. And, you know, sulfur gives off that very potent rotten egg type of smell. I would think after a while, like, that would have to do a number on your lungs and your mental well, I, health. <laughs> yeah, I think there's some sort of long-time effect or if, yeah. if you're exposed to it to a certain degree, I think it could be fatal. Let me look this up here. Science. Science, we do it. Okay, long-term effects of COVID. No, that's not what I want to look up, and I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to read that right now. Long-term effects of exposure to sulfur, <laughs> not to mustard. Um, <laughs> yes, let's let's look up the long-term effects of mustard. <laughs> oh, that's. Okay, breathing sulfur over long term may irritate the nose and respiratory tract, re- resulting in chronic bronchitis. Mm-hmm. Is that it? Yeah, that's. Huh. That's still not good, though. <laughs> yeah. I I've getting... got asthma. I mean, you know, mine's very acute. And that's sometimes like if I run really hard or, you know, exert myself enough, like it takes me a long time to recover. Like, bitch to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> and like I said, I have very acute asthma. I don't, you know, have anything even it... mild to severe. Oh, God. I st- <laughs> with those three guys running after the uh, the three other kids and then you have little Sugi walk like just casually walking up to their little encampment there you would have thought that they would have seen him just walking up towards their camp there well again like I said I think this one in particular was made more specifically for the younger audience um it would because again, like I said earlier, your your main protagonists are these four kids, eventually to be three. <laughs> I keep wanting to point like, that out. <laughs> then he's just hiding wide open there. Yeah, it, it's very typical of a lot of things you see with kids shows and movies where ninety nine times out of a hundred, the the kids are shown to be very. Um, uh, God damn, I keep forgetting this shit. Um, (laughs) They're very intelligent. I had a different word and I couldn't remember it. And very um, just like Kevin from Home Alone, um, you know, using the traps. Very um, (laughs) very funny. Kind of, but like, like in terms of, of using smarts, like not just intelligence, intelligence. 
not just no, not just that, but like also using tricks and other tools to, um, gosh. Why do you people listen to this? I mean, I just <laughs> <laughs> well, well, my my question is, why do you always become dumb when we do podcasts? <laughs> because we have a dumb podcast. <laughs> we need to have a warning label at the beginning of each show. Warning: This podcast may cause stupidity. <laughs> Listener discretion is advised. <laughs> Three Stooges there. It's kind of fun because it brings some small, mild attention into the film. But again, and I know, again, this is kind of a more of a kid's film, but it, I'm already kind of tired of this journey. <laughs> you know, I, I Something really major needs to happen. And to some degree, we will get that here. In another moment or two, but even then, <laughs> outside of Kita here eventually drowning, and I keep having to bring that up, <laughs> um, you know, it, it's still minor action sequences. It's it's nothing. It, it's nothing overly entertaining. You're just kind of going, yeah, you know, it's there. <laughs> <laughs> And again, I keep saying this. We both do. It's beautifully shot. It's mm-hmm. nice to look at, but there gets to be a point where that's not going to save your film. Yeah. And that, and and as I stated earlier, this was another problem I had initially with the film, and still, obviously, to some degree, still have. Uh, you know, eight years later, where th- there's just a, a fair amount of slow storytelling taking place here Mm -hmm. they do a wonderful job of placing the camera in various spots to where you don't really see the shadows of it or anything of that sort. Because with some of these shots, especially where they're looking at some of the rocks and, and the crick itself, so many people could easily thing to do to begin with to where you could see, Oh, I guess I just saw a shadow there. So, but my point is that it would be, very difficult to hide the camera anyways, but the fact that they're able to by and large hide it to where you don't see the shadow, that's some good good camera work there. You know, just seeing this, where basically he's like he's getting sucked in 
the river isn't that extreme. It doesn't seem like he's... No, but... Well, it's extreme enough because they're small. The but fact then, that he drowns right away, though, I have a problem with that. And then, well, that... And then, from what it looked like, the river didn't seem all that deep. Yeah, I mean, and the just, water... I, and just looking at that area where little Sugi is, it didn't seem all that deep. And he was he was swimming pretty fine there when they yeah. crashed into the rock. Right. I, I would say, though, considering uh, Quinta's size, water going that fast would be pretty tough but yeah like you were saying it seemed shallow and and i think that's probably pretty true um but my issue i have two problems with this outside of the fact like you said it could have been pretty shallow there my main two issues are that they make him drown right away which you know that's that doesn't happen yeah and and another thing too is that i wish that scene were played with a deeper impact. Um, like, I wish Ifukube could have placed some type of sad music there to mourn the loss of Kinta. Maybe he was going to do that and the director told him no. Uh, regardless, it's either the director's fault or Ifukube's fault for not making that more poignant. Because, yeah, they do sort of mourn the loss of Kinta, but he basically kind of becomes more of an afterthought and, and an afterthought pretty fast. It's uh, it, that, that part is disappointing because you could have really had a moment here. Mm-hmm. And then the way how he was uh, up on that rock, it didn't seem like it was at the point where the current of the, the river was bringing him in it seemed like he was well up on that rock yeah and again just like that one previous sequence with the uh, the tree crossing there that one just seemed a bit forced as well yeah it's it's unfortunate that how that was played out it's it, a lot of that stuff could have been easily fixed. Mm-hmm. I would at least say make it believable. Don't make it too long or drag it out. And I would think, too, for kids at that age, you know, you lose a friend. You know, if you're a kid at that age and you just move away to a new area, the fact that you're not going to see your friends again is pretty traumatic to some to begin with. But friends actually die <laughs> like i i just would think that would be a big fucking deal <laughs> yeah and, and I, just, I just don't and, care for that and just with you saying that and just seeing the kids how they react and well after that it just seemed like they totally forgot about kinta yeah, and I'm not going to blame the kids too much because very few kids can act really well. And by and large, mm-hmm. these kids do a pretty darn good job throughout the the whole of the film. But 
the, the acting during that sequence wasn't spectacular either. But like I said, I, I'm not really gonna that that to me is a, a nitpick. I'm not gonna really go after the kids on this. It's just more or less but, the direction of the film crew behind the scenes. It's yeah, I'm blaming the crew more because, like I said, either it's Ifukube's fault or the director's fault that music wasn't inserted there. And I'm also blaming the director slash writers for not trying to make Kinta more of part of these kids is sort of like trauma as they're going forward because by the time we get towards the end sure these kids are kind of beat up a little bit from their journey but they're not as beat up as they should like these kids should be like (laughs) worse for wear like they should be psychologically scarred because of just some of the things that they've gone through um and the fact that they lost one of their friends and and all that Uh, they've had to endure some harsh conditions with the weather and again, well, probably because it's more of a kid's film, they're not going to do some of that stuff. But I feel like certain opportunities were missed to create something that was more emotionally impactful. Mm-hmm. Well, and the, with it now being winter or snow falling here, and I think one of the other kids was going to die from freezing, I think. I think it was no. Sugi that does. I could have sworn one no. of them also. They... A couple of them pass out, but then they're more or less saved. Art that was played pretty well. I don't know. It's been a while. We'll have to see when it gets to that point. I'm telling you right now, none of those other kids die. (laughs) I do like – even though this is fake snow – their application of it on this set is beautiful. I mean, it looks like a real snowfall occurred, and the fact that they were very extensive on the on the fence and on the cliffside and on the roofs and all that, like they really made sure that they tried to make this look legitimate. Liar. <laughs> pants on fire. <laughs> It'd be funny you said that, like, liar, liar, pants on fire, and then the person's pants spontaneously combust. He's like, Ugh! I don't think it's the snow that would kill you. It would be the cold. Hmm. I mean, of course, you get caught in an avalanche, but you would think you would try to avoid those types of areas. <laughs> it's the cold, damn Unless it. you have no choice, obviously. But <laughs> <laughs> It'd be funny, like, they were just, uh, like, they're... Uh, Oh, God, now I'm starting to forget <laughs> words, too. Thanks a lot, Kent. Welcome um, to Dumbville. <laughs> <laughs> occupation, too. I mean, not occupation. See what? Uh, <laughs> population, do not occupation. See what I'm talking about? <laughs> You're stupid. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, again, why do you people listen to us? <laughs> If, if you were paying for this, I'm sure you'd be asking for refunds. <laughs> Even though we're not paid. 
No, I'm talking about the listeners. <laughs> well, yeah, that's why I'm saying they're not paying us. <laughs> I know. It say? We want our money back. That's, yeah, they get a <laughs> refund. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I think we're coming up on your uh, moment here. But, yeah, just now looking at some of the snow in this environment, it sort of looks like where Frosty Snowman just does like a huge fart, but it accidentally just sprays out a bunch of snow. (laughs) Then you see this gigantic version of Frosty who is like not necessarily all there and he's like, happy birthday! (laughs) Like, kind of a partial psychotic snowman where he's come here I want friends smash <laughs> like sort of a mild I'm going to make your day special <laughs> want to blow out some candles here's oh, one God. that shoots out all the time not the volcano <laughs> God <laughs> I don't know why people would listen to us at times I know well we kind of <laughs> consider ourselves a, a bit of a comedy podcast too <laughs> like really kind of weird Sugipo is like smiling a little bit there. <laughs> it's like, stop tickling me. Can you imagine that? Like coming up on these kids and you're just like, yeah, a couple of them are asleep. Let's murder them. <laughs> I'm surprised he's still carrying a, like the broken arrow. That one dude. <laughs> I'm a fan of this. Was it uh, I, a hawk? <laughs> Falcon or an eagle? I, yeah, I always get things. Okay, we gotta look this up. I've been wanting to know for a while, anyway. Yeah. What's the difference? <laughs> oh, come on! If I can type too. Difference between a hawk and a falcon, and then we'll do hawk and an eagle. Okay, falcons are smaller birds. Hawks are generally large, but with shorter wings. Well, damn, that doesn't help too much. I mean, I, I need some comparisons here. Well, you got it right that, there. That, to me, the sound it makes, it sounds more like an eagle. <laughs> Falcons grab their prey with beaks while hawks use talons. Okay, so I'm going to say that's a hawk, maybe. It's either a hawk or an eagle. Now let's do hawk and an eagle. 
Eagles are generally stronger. God damn it, they aren't helping here. <laughs> they, are, they have heavily built muscular body, hooked beak, curved talons, very strong legs. Eagles have a wingspan of eight feet. Well, most hawks have a wingspan of less than five. Okay, like I was just saying a moment ago, I think this is going to a hawk. But then it seems to have a call of an eagle. But then it was using talons like a falcon, right? No, falcons carry their food with um, beaks. Oh. Initially, when I saw this, I was so pissed. I'm like, no, you killed a bird because I'm an animal lover. <laughs> and I'm just like, those, those motherfuckers need to. Yeah, see, he's going on his own. They're not believe- dead, though. I think they are. I bet you a thousand dollars they are not dead. Yes, yes, it is. (laughs) I didn't know the village people were in trouble. So over the next 23 minutes, we're going to see my gene murder. (laughs) (laughs) And I do believe, too, we get more Majin in this film overall than we do the others. That's an incredible shot there. It seems, I think, if I remember correctly, he's like basically pissed at everyone. In this one, <laughs> Machine's always pissed, dude. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, not just pissed at, like, just the uh, the person that is corrupt or anything, but basically just pissed at everyone in general. I know the feeling. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> told you. It's a good thing you didn't take that bet. <laughs> See, I told you, only eight bucks. <laughs> Shut up, God dang. 
since I haven't seen this movie in a long time, with that kid jumping off the cliff, did he also die? No. Like I stated earlier, Quinta is the only one that ends up dead. <laughs> Can you imagine the director's like, yes, we're going to have four, and only one will survive. We're going to kill children. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and this is pretty cool, too. I do like this. <clears throat> there are some cool effects shots in this film. Again, the cinematography is great. Um, it, I'm surprised that it took me, I mean, it took me, you know, maybe five or so years to really begin to appreciate the film. But I, again, I just was so pissed off at the kids for the longest time that I was <laughs> I couldn't get past that <laughs> I imagine maybe an angry god but he's also a pretty sympathetic god too <laughs> You know, it'd be funny, you know, he drops uh, the kid down, and then he starts walking, but then he accidentally, accidentally trips over a rocket <laughs> <laughs> And you actually see this worried look on his face. <laughs> For the first time, Majin shows a different emotion <laughs> at his fear. <laughs> fear falling over <laughs> and he accidentally like falls on top of the other two kids You are doomed. Hmm. <laughs> or Majin pops over the mountain and he goes, hi, <clears throat> you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> or he does that and he sprouts up, uh, accidentally trips on a rock and then falls into the sulfur pit. <laughs> You would have been with you and having him trip. <laughs> you have a stand-up routine where every joke you tell is somebody tripping over something. <laughs> and and you have your uh, first um, – uh, uh, it's going to be recorded on Netflix, and the title of the show is called Trip with Jason. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now we get sort of a similar deal here like we got in the last film, whereas Majin broke down a brick wall or a stone wall. Here he's more or less taken down a whole mountain. <laughs> <laughs> mountain now is pretty weak to begin with. <laughs> yeah, that, that stone wall in the last film I think held up better than this mountain. <laughs> <laughs> I like how some of the uh, the guns or bullets are just sparking like outside not even hidden Daimaj in there well it's like the Godzilla films and even some of the Gamera films you get the self-defense force firing all these bullets and missiles at the monsters and most of them miss <laughs> people talk about stormtroopers i'm like have you looked at the self-defense force in these kaiju films <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah that's gonna work he's what like 50 feet tall and you're six feet yeah that's gonna work <laughs> yeah that's what i like to see <laughs> I like to see bad guys when they get their comeuppance. <laughs> Take out your sword and impale someone. <clears throat> yeah, no, I think out of the uh, three movies, the only time he does on Sheath, I think it was this one, right? I thought it was the first film. Oh, he's doing the same thing like in the first movie. Kind of, yeah. But on a what a mount- way to go. Like, on a mountain itself yeah. where the material's so much harder. Yeah, it's not going to give that easily. Can you imagine going out like that, being crushed more or less? Yeah. Oh, yeah, like, that's going to help. Yeah, you got to try whatever you can. That's smarter than having them walk up and try to take his hand and bring him down. You talk about a stupid idea. (laughs) It is pretty stupid because he's just throwing logs at them. I would have loved to have seen a scene where one of those logs is coming out of a guy's head and it just decapitates him. Uh. <laughs> like, you get more of a contemporary R-rated version of Majin. I would remake these movies and I would make them more violent. <laughs> well, the best best to see actually see that sort of part is in one of the Final Destination films where that happens. Yeah, I'm not going to watch those. <laughs> <laughs> There's, what, like six of those? Maybe. I mean, I haven't seen any of those films, but I did see, I think, one of the YouTube videos where it showed that scene. (laughs) Where, like, (laughs) there's this uh, semi carrying a bunch of the logs and 
like the train or something gave way and then one of them goes right through the car and stuff. Did you ever see the movie Baby Driver? Wasn't that a few so years ago? Yeah, like three years ago. No, going on four years ago now. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. Uh, Jamie Foxx's character, spoilers, um, it's not a great movie to begin with, but uh, Jamie Foxx's character is killed when the hero of the film is in the driver's seat of the car and they're behind a, you know, kind of a decent sized truck with rebar. Mm-hmm. And so what the main character does, he turns on the car and slams on it. They run into the back of the truck where the rebar sticking out of the back and boom, it goes through the windshield and then all of that rebar impales yeah. Jamie Foxx. Yeah. It's uh Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But back to Daimajin committing murder. <laughs> and a lot of destruction, too. I like how he just, like, up, <laughs> upends that upends entire that, yeah. <laughs> gate. I like how, too, the some of the snow slowly accumulates kind of around his shoulders and front part of his armor and his helmet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going to, you know, he's going to go away while you just kind of wave your swords. That's going to help. I don't know. I would say maybe some of the sets on this for the Majin scenes might be a tad more impressive here. And and this... And unlike the other two, we just saw sparks. See? <laughs> yeah. Maybe just try to give it some more effect or some kind of dramatic sort of action destruction. Well, and I forget. I know we missed it. I thought that big tower deal may have contained like some of their gunpowder or something maybe too. Yeah, because I think the uh, the sulfur mining and stuff was part of the them making gunpowder, if Maybe. I remember correctly. That and for Lord Arakawa to develop bronchitis. <laughs> he sure likes some bronchitis. <laughs> <laughs> I always love it, though, in these films where you get this evil lord who is just a son of a bitch. And then Majin comes along and they are ready to poop themselves. I mean, I, <laughs> I like seeing that they're trying to run away and all that. <laughs> just, you're yeah. just like, yeah, you can run away for a while, but <laughs> you're going to get caught. <laughs> That's another thing. Like, the arm isn't that long. Like, that arm extension. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
I mean, I'm willing to go he with would, it, but and how he <laughs> and how Daimajin knew where to find him too. Well, he's a god. I'm not worried about that. But just the fact that that arm went way down in there, and I'm like, yeah, like <laughs> you know, we haven't seen Majin, uh, you know, show the ability to be like Stretch Armstrong here. <laughs> Yeah. That'd be funny if they like cut the rope on their own lord and they're like, Majin's after him. Quick, like, let's save ourselves. He just wants the one guy. (laughs) (laughs) We're like, look, he's coming after that. I mean, who knows? Maybe Majin indeed is going after everybody, but. You can only try. It's just like he's going after this one guy. You know, maybe if we sacrifice him, the rest of us will live. (laughs) I like that shot here. Yeah. Yeah, this is the movie where he unsheathes. Oh, he does. I thought it was the first one. <laughs> yeah, look at the Rambo before Rambo. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That'd be funny if they actually showed, like, the head, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Get up. dead <laughs> he effed now <laughs> I would say out of um, Majin films the lord that gets killed in this one gets killed in a manner that is more poetic justice uh, because he ends up killing quite a few people by throwing them in the sulfur pit and Majin's going to do the same with him. Whereas the other ones, it was just more of like, okay, I got you and I'm going to kill you this way, you know? Um, Whereas he's more willing to go, kind of go out of his way and be like, you like killing people this way? Well, experience it for yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, he's more or less going to be dead here because, well, we're going to get impaled. He does love impaling people. I do get some sweet satisfaction out of that, though. (laughs) 
I had forgotten he impaled him with a sword. Uh, so did I. But, like, something was telling me that this was the movie where he unsheathed his sword there. But I didn't really think he would go that far. <laughs> it's been a while. Now, what do you think is, you know, a more satisfactory death for the villain? Do you think him being impaled and then sliding into the sulfur pit is good? Or do, would you rather have seen him being tossed into the sulfur pit? I probably would say just toss him into the sulfur pit just take care of it i because I, 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 I think just stabbing him with the sword and then just sliding in i think the stabbing part was a, a little bit overkill uh, <laughs> um <laughs> here's the thing like Ultimately, yes, I would say sulfur pit just because it would, like I was saying, it's more poetic justice uh, because that's how he's killed a number of people is by throwing them in there. And there's something that would be, like I said, not just poetic about it, but sort of ironic. Well, not just that, but the fact, too, you could hear he would be screaming for a bit Mm -hmm. on his way out. Um, But there is something, too, that is immediately satisfying knowing that a sharp object like impaled him and he knew that was coming like you know there's something kind of satisfying about that as well They're like, what he doing now? (laughs) And just like some of the other farms the way he vanishes like he's just turned into snow and just dissipates Mm -hmm. some great uh, superimposing there and I didn't mention it at the time when it happened but uh, I'm happy that my hawk was uh, revived I sort of forgotten about that. here and that's basically it yeah we get more rolling uh, of a rolling credit here i don't think we got that with the other two films did we no it it just usually showed that traditional the end 
Uh, oh, that's Kanji. because though I think I think that's because the other two films though they had credits at the beginning, didn't they? I think so. Okay. Well, that is Daimajin Strikes Back. Um, a film that I once didn't care for back <laughs> in the day. Now that I, you know, with time and I've seen it, uh, you know, almost a dozen more times, I have come to actually enjoy and appreciate. So, um, Jason, what did you think? Uh, I do like it a little bit better than the previous showings that we've had for this uh, film. Uh, and as we've mentioned about earlier, I do like the uh, on-location on filming more compared to the other two because I think majority of the previous two were just more or majority of it was in studio whereas this one it was basically more on location where some of it was just in studio but I like the uh, the environment more uh, but as far as some of the story and the characters that they had story was good but it didn't quite flesh out some of the characters and some of the other characters mainly the boys <laughs> could have done a little bit better yeah, I, and I kind of mentioned it a couple times throughout the course of this commentary, and we both have said it, that this visually is a beautiful-looking film. Mm -hmm. Story-wise, it's very similar to the other two, yeah. just it, it takes a slightly different approach to it. Um, my biggest issue, again, is the fact that there are certain moments within the film that they focus on longer than is necessary. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like any of them go on overly long, but certain things could have been trimmed a tad. Like you still could have made a point without having to linger as much as you did in a couple of spots. I would argue, though, too, that the weakest moment of this film was when Kinta died. Uh, as stated earlier, whether it's Fukube's fault or it's the director's fault, um, and even I blame some of the writers too because of what follows uh, is the fact that the Quinta more or less is not even an afterthought. Well, and it, well, it's not well, played well. The majority of it would be more on the directors, not really on Akira Fukube because, I mean, he's just the one that's composing the music for the film. The director is mainly the one that's overseeing right. all of it, so it would mostly be on the director. Well, yeah. Um, sometimes, though, you get enough people or a, a certain individual who has some clout, uh, such as uh, Eiji Superaya, when he would sometimes work with Honda. The whole Godzilla, I forget the dance, but like the, the dance from Monster Zero and all that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Honda didn't want that in there, and Subaraya insisted. And since Subaraya had quite a bit of clout, but to keep that part in the film. Um, and I would think someone like Ifukube, you know, maybe would have some clout <laughs> considering you know he's he's a big time composer i would even imagine by 66 he's kind of a big deal um but i don't know uh, that that 
part to me should have played out more emotionally and should have lingered on in terms of its impact. Um, that that to me was was disappointing. That it, it wasn't made out to be more than it should have been. Mm. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, I, I think the Majin stuff here is incredible. Uh, I think this is the most Majin we get out of the three films. Um, but sadly, rank- sadly for me, I think it's the weakest one. I would say if I had to rank these from favorite to least favorite, and all three of these films are great films don't get me wrong here when i do these rankings here in just a second but i for me it would go two then one as far as my rankings two three and one Mm -hmm. okay yeah for me it'd be uh two one and then three Mm mm-hmm that's how mine would have been like eight years ago. I think part two is similar to part one. Uh, I just think part two does it better. Mm-hmm. Uh, part one's still a good film, but there are moments in that film where, um, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of not with some of the characters in that film. I'm with the kids in this one, but then too, what this film has that part one doesn't have is – I think this one has more beautiful cinematography, and I just think it has uh, better Majin sequences as well. So um, unless you have anything else to add, we can wrap up this commentary. I really can't think of anything else besides uh, making sure that all of you hit the uh, script. subscribe button as well as hitting the the like button on youtube and you also listen to us over at you not just on youtube but twitch facebook uh periscope and d live and then uh, you can see down there you can uh like and subscribe to us over at apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify uh, iheart radio and tune in and then also you, and then you can also watch us live and watch uh, uh listen to our podcast too over at daikaijunetwork.com and also, we are from here on out ramping up for Godzilla versus Kong. We will meet back here in a couple of weeks. What we're going to end up doing is the King Kong versus Godzilla commentary. Now, this is the American edit of the film uh, commentary that we're doing since Jason doesn't have the Japanese cut of the mm. film. However, I will be doing a commentary on that for Daikaiju Fest, which will be premiering uh, in July around the same time G Fest would have occurred this year. But we are ramping up for Godzilla vs. Kong. We're On March 20th, we're going to come here for a King Kong vs. Godzilla commentary. April 3rd, we're going to discuss versus Kong, but we're going to have a 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time start time. And on April 17th, we will then do a commentary on the brand new Godzilla vs. Kong film. So... We're getting very close here, guys. And then also Godzilla Singular Point, I believe, uh, premieres March 25th on Netflix. And already Pacific Rim The Black is already streaming on Netflix. So check that out if you already haven't as well. And with that, thank you so very much for listening or tuning in. And we will see you here in about 13 days. All right. Take care, everyone.